It's the Hoffman Show and the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Hope everyone is having a great Wednesday afternoon. Oh, Anthony, the do-rag came off. The waves look fantastic. Thank you, man. Thank you for the compliment. You're welcome. It's the holiday season. I'm in the spirit of giving. Giving compliments and giving people the business on the internet. It is time for Never Read the Comments. We tried to warn them. They didn't listen. Yeah! Every week, the Hoffman Show goes into the belly of the beast. We read those comments, baby! Never read the comments. All right, here's how this works if you are new to the program. We put highlights of our show on YouTube. It is at Craig Hoffman. That is where you find us. We also put many of those same highlights at the Team 980, where we stream this entire show live each and every day. Up uh, then, then we comb through as many of the comments as we can. Some weeks, like this week, it's hard to get to them all, but I read almost every comment. I truly do. I don't respond to all of them because I have I have a life, and it would take an immense amount of time. But we pick the very best ones, the most thought-provoking. We collect them, and then we respond to them, not just on YouTube, but live on the radio, which is what you're listening to or watching right now. Let's start with Richard Allen 4912, who is responding to some of our conversation around Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell yesterday. And he says, you're saying EB called plays for Howell like he was an all-pro QB? What if they ran the ball 20 times more a game and ended up with third and long more often because they have no O-line? How does that help Sam? You're assuming EB had the tools in his box to make it work better than it did. Maybe Sam is a flashy QB who won't pan out. Who knew that six weeks ago? That what-if game is never-ending. Anyone can look back and say it didn't work, but it's arrogant to say these things should have been done five weeks ago. I think evaluating EB with what he had to work with, including a horrible defense, is nearly impossible at this point. EB's interview next year on what needs to happen next will reveal how perceptive he is moving forward. I think this is an interesting comment for a few reasons. One is there is a couple of comments that just assumed that I, I don't know, I'm, I'm very happy that our subscriber numbers are going up and new people are finding our radio show and my YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff on the regular. But when they were winning earlier in the year, remember that? When they were winning I said I didn't like what they were doing with Sam Howell, dropping him back so much. I said it was a formula for disaster then, and it has just proven to be exactly right. That it is actually not good for winning football games, and it is certainly not good for his development. The idea that, oh, he'll see a bunch of stuff. Okay, all he's doing is running into a brick wall as fast as he can a bunch, but sure, I'm sure that's great for morale, great for development. It's not. It's just not. And I think that that is a really important thing to point out. Is like, this isn't hindsight. This isn't with the benefit of 2020. Some of the details have more clarity now, but on a big picture, yes, I have been saying all along, I didn't like this and I don't think it's correct. So that's thing one. Don't come for me like I'm new here. I'm not new here. Uh, two, I think more importantly to not make it so much about me because I kind of hate that. Um, to the point itself, one, 
If you leave a comment or you are screaming at your radio or you call in and you tell me they're bad at running the football, just admit you don't know what you're talking about. It's easier. We get to, we skip a step. The Washington Commanders in 2023 are the 7th ranked team in the NFL in yards per carry. They're averaging 4.6 yards a carry and have been for weeks. They have been yes, at times in certain situations bad, but in many other situations very good. They have busted out some long runs this year. They've gotten explosive plays in the run game. They have gotten enough to keep that average high when they haven't had explosive plays. Yes, short yardage has been a mess. But to say, oh, we can't run in short yardage versus we can't run period are two very different things. Because one, a defense is geared up for, and the other, you're taking advantage of the fact that a defense is playing you a certain way. So I'm not asking them to go 60-40 run. I've said this a million times this season. Just run it a little bit more. And if you want to say like, oh, but they're not super efficient, whatever, believe it or not, that's not a defense. If you think they can run the football better, that's actually an indictment of how bad their run game design is. They've run it well in spite of not really looking to maximize that part of their offense based off how they scheme and based off how they spend their practice time. And yet they're still the seventh best offense in the league rushing the football based on yards per carry. So, again, big picture. Young quarterback. Mediocre offensive line is pass blockers. Offensive line that in many ways is built to run the football. Let's let them run it. That makes sense. It's a cohesive strategy. What they've done, not. And I just don't understand, frankly, how someone could disagree with that, but... There's a lot of things in this world I don't understand. Um, Evie moving forward, somewhere else. I don't, I think there's a lot of places I would hire him. I don't think he's he's terrible. I don't think he's stupid. I just think he's a bad fit with the young quarterback. Uh, Blotty Blah Triple O Seven says it's pretty hard to extrapolate from ten passes in a situation where the Rams were trying to limit damage. It's easier to look at history. Of course, talking about Jacoby Brissett. A bunch of these comparisons are to QBs. Goff, Hertz, Dak, Kirk that were afforded multi-year development processes. They all had hard patches. I really appreciate this comment. One, uh, I would say that I have I think, Anthony, we've done a pretty good job this week. We haven't really talked about Brissett that much. Like, you, if you were lazy in this chair, you would spend this entire week stirring up a quarterback controversy between Brissett and Howell. And I've kind of shot that down at every turn. It's like, even if you want to say, oh, well, they would have been better this year. I'd be like, yeah, but it's not actually like for what? Let's pretend they would have won another game or two. It would have been nice for me, potentially, if uh, they could get across that six and a half threshold. Because your boy was dumb enough to put 20 bucks down. In, I mean, it was 20 bucks. Who cares? 20 bucks down in Vegas when I was out there in, in the summer because I thought it was stealing money at six and a half. T Anytime you feel like you're stealing money, you're probably getting robbed. Uh, that's that's how sports betting goes. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it's not really about Jacoby or anything because exactly that. It's 10, 10 snaps or 10 throws against uh, a different coverages, four-man rush, no Aaron Donald. Some of those are in the red zone from the one-yard line, and they weren't successful, etc. 
As for the more important point, I think, though, when you're comparing a guy like Howell, people will want to make the Mahomes comparison because of EB, and I get that. But I think that's very silly. Like, Patrick Mahomes is a -a one-of-a-kind player in NFL history with what he does. His combination of skills and intellect and improvisation and everything. is He's one of one. He might go down as the best quarterback to ever play the position. Straight up. You can't shouldn't compare him to that guy. But what about later round picks who took some years to develop, were given opportunities, were incubated and insulated, right? They were put in a position where they didn't have to do too much and they've eventually grown into being able to do more. That's what I think Sam could be. If Sam's going to succeed, he's got to be that guy. And that's where I do think you look at some of the really rough stretches that Dak had, not the fake ones that media blew up because he had one bad game and he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. But genuine, like, real tough stretches, Dak has had some. Kirk had many, especially very early, like prior to 2015. But even, you know, in 2015, 16, 17 here, there were some two, three-game stretches where he wasn't very good. And he obviously was really terrible in some very big spots. Maybe the worst game he ever played in Washington was the playoff game in 2015, January of 2016, um, against the Packers. He was awful. But that doesn't mean that Kirk Cousins hasn't had an exceptional career, especially for a fourth-round pick. Russell Wilson. Like, Russ cooked early, but he didn't have to do a whole lot. He had an amazing defense and um, a great run game, and he thrived off of play action. Like, they found a way that Russell could be effective from day one. If Russell goes into a system like the one here, I don't think he has a very good career. And so that's the that's the struggle that the next GM is going to have is what's our what's our system? What's our and not even our system because that's that's implying just like purely scheme, right? You're running a West Coast this or whatever that. It's not really what I'm talking about. What is our ecosystem? How's our line? How do we want to play? What skill positions, what linemen, um, what tight ends do we have? How is our defense? What is the demand going to be on our offense? Those are the questions I'm trying to ask if I'm trying to figure out if Sam Howell can be my starting quarterback and I can win with him. Because what the Cowboys did with Dak and how they built their defense and their skill positions and their line has been a huge priority for them since before Dak was the quarterback. When Romo was there, it was the same thing. Um, You know, when... What they built around uh, Kirk, what they were trying to build around Kirk here, and then ultimately in in Minnesota, what they have built around him, getting him a guy like a Justin Jefferson. What Jared Goff has succeeded with first in L.A., uh, where he did make a Super Bowl, uh, and then now in Detroit, where he's been really fantastic, especially the last two years. There's conscious decisions to surround him with stuff, with surround them with stuff. And that's going to also involve letting those guys work through some of the rough patches. So I, I like that comment from Bloody Blah 0007 a lot. Never read the comments here on the Hoffman Show. Uh, Chaos Nux says, it's, it's a great screen. That might be one of my favorite things about these mailbags, about the never read the comments, and is uh, the, the, the screen names occasionally are just Chaos Nux, which I assume is like Knuckles, I just, I just imagine like that's a, that's a hockey goon who now plays beer league hockey and beats people up. Chaos nucks. You never know who you might come across in the comments. You, know, you want to know who I don't want to come across in a wrong way? This guy. Yeah. Chaos nucks. <laughs> that's who. 
Uh, all right. Chaos Nux says, oh, man, these comments. I've had a ton of these people haven't even attempted to become elite at something. You're going to have these moments where you hit walls. Every happens to everyone. Doesn't stop. Sometimes you just need to step away and slow down. Things are going to take time to reach the next level sometimes. I think that's 100% true. And, you know, whether Sam becomes a leader or not, we'll see. But this is why I didn't mind. I, you know, people I've heard crushing Rivera for benching him. And it's like, well, if you were going to bench him in the Buffalo game, Buffalo game was early. Like, letting him play through some adversity, seeing if he could turn it around. And Sam was doing a lot of, like, good stuff in that game in between all of the bad stuff. It was much more roller coaster versus Saturday or Sunday was pretty flatline against the Rams. A flatline of bad. Wasn't seeing the field well. It wasn't like he was under pressure. Like, he was patting the ball. He's seeing ghosts. He's he's vacating clean pockets. You're just like, what are you? I, th I think we need to old N64 turn this thing off, blow on the cartridge, and plug it back in. Like, we got to we gotta start over. So, uh, hey, we're going to pull you. We're going to let you take a breath. I like that. Actually, I actually thought that was the right move, and I have no problem with, with them going back to him, obviously, uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, why not? 3386 says, Craig, my issue is when you say do more, I'm like, what the hell do you want Eric Bieniemy to do if the QB can't do the basics of an NFL quarterback? You say motion, bunch, all that, throw more at him, uh, and he's not making the play. Motion is to help him diagnose coverages, and he still isn't making the read. Take the Jonathan Williams play, the wheel route that we talked about a bunch this week. Uh, it's cover one. It's not cover one. Um, actually, no, it might have been cover one. It's man-to-man, -man, uh, which if they have one deep safety, it would be cover one. Anyway, uh, the linebacker is trailing behind in motion, automatically signaling we got a beater, and it's the wheel, and it doesn't happen. Sam does nothing at an elite level to threaten the defense. Sam isn't Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar, to which you can threat uh, threaten the run heavily. So when you say do more and curate to his skills, I ask, what the hell is his top skill at an elite level? Good question. Fair question. I've thought about this too, where there are times where I'm just like, man, if I'm EB staring at that play sheet, I don't feel like I got a lot of stuff that I feel great about. And that's a that's not a great feeling as a play caller, I'd imagine. Um, but I think Sam does have an elite arm talent. I think Sam actually is a pretty elite playmaker off schedule. The problems are on schedule. And it's ultimately Eric's job to find the things that he likes and to be able to continuously get to them. And so they've done a lot of similar stuff out of similar formations, out of similar everything all year, and defenses have latched on. And that's a problem. And then, again, there are, yes, is, is there times where they have given him some of that stuff and he still misses it. Yeah, that's a great example. And, and that's why it's not all on Eric. I've never said it's all on Eric. I've said it's a bad match. Um, and I wish there, there are things Eric as the coordinator, as the adult in the room, if you will, would do. And I would, I would start the blame there. Um, but there is a chance that we look back in hindsight and are like, yeah, Sam actually just wasn't that good. And there was nothing Eric could have done. Sure, fine. But... You watch how leveraged Sam is. You watch how much is on his plate. You watch how often he's asked to drop back and read defenses. And that is not going to work with him, especially at this point in his career. So whether it's more of the sprint rollout, which they do, but not with the amount of frequency that they could, whether it's more true play action from under center, although there are times that Sam hasn't read that out particularly well, whether it's finding, 
you know, uh, a run game with Sam. He's a Lamar or Josh Allen? No. Or Jalen? No. But those are the three best running quarterbacks probably in the league. He's a good runner. I would run, I would have run him more the entire year. Um, or again, they do average 4.6 yards a carry. You're allowed to rush the football with your running backs. The screen game has not been a huge part of this offense this year in a way that I thought it would. Um, and, and I do think there's probably some things that EB doesn't feel confident in because he, he doesn't t- trust the staff to coach it. And, you know, I think that's become more of a storyline as, as pe- we've thought deeper and, you know, whatever over the last month, the realization that this is not the staff that EB probably would have put together if he could have maximized it last offseason. Between money and timing, he wasn't able to. Um, but at the end of the day, like, that's their jobs. And so you either have two options. You can do this. And this would be my, you know, the simpler response to this question is, or what? This? Four and ten? Hasn't broken 200 yards in a couple of weeks? This is just, oh, dude, no. You got to find a better solution or you lose. And they've lost. Uh, Lou Google 5530 says, thanks for the intelligent discussion that of necessity leads nowhere. This was, uh, uh, our discussion, uh, our being mine and Linnell yesterday on overreaction Tuesday, uh, it says, thanks for the intelligent discussion that of necessity leads nowhere. One hopes that Sam Howell will take a good look at what he has been doing on the field and make some changes before the end of the season. One reason to give Jacoby a chance if Howell's decline continues is for the sake of the other players on the team who deserve a chance to win. I've thought about this with Jacoby, uh, obviously, a little bit, um, but I do think that if Sam is bad, I'm talking real bad, benchable bad, the next two games, i just just start Jacoby in the finale. I bet you know what? Jacoby, you've been a good soldier. We're gonna we're gonna honor you with a, a game on the way out. Because at that point, like, who cares? One more game of tape? No, Sam has shown you what he's shown you. One more game of experience? Like, no, let's just let's just reset next year. And it doesn't mean that you're hundred percent out on Sam. Obviously, it's not great, but that's not the staff's problem. Um, and really, if the new folks come in, I don't think that one game against Dallas is gonna mean anything, which is hilarious because last year's one game against Dallas at the end of the season. Kind of meant everything. Um, so we'll see. But I do think that there is something to that. But then again, if there's nothing to play for in the last game of the season, your Terry's, your Jahans, etc. Uh, might not even be playing. You might just say if like you bench Sam and bench a bunch of other folks, you give Jacoby a game and Jacoby might not be out there throwing a Bryson Tremaine, who is still in the practice squad. In case you're like Bryson Tremaine. Yeah. Call up some young guys. Mitchell Tinsley. Your time, kid. Uh, this was a, I, the, the, I think we're going to wrap up with one of my favorite things, which is when one commenter responds to another commenter. And uh, we have an intra comments, never read the comments moment, if you will. So first we have uh, a comment left by Andy Sawyer, 6047, or sorry, 647. God forbid I mess up the numbers on Andy's username. Andy Sawyer, 647. Uh, and this was in response to our video of, you know, have Commanders fans lost faith in Sam Howell, a.k.a. yesterday's Vibe Check Tuesday. And Andy goes, yes, because of his resume and his actual words. There are not two-time Super Bowl winning OCs because even the best ones get one to three years as an offensive coordinator. He had five and was in his system. Of course, now we're talking about the enemy. He had five and was in his system for 10 years. 
He has MJD, Tyreek, Travis. Oh, and sorry. Actually, this was in response to uh, should is there anything Eric Bieniemy can do to keep his job next year? Um, so picking up, there are not people with his resume. There's the resume. He had five as an OC in the system for 10 years. He has MJD, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, and Adrian Peterson vouching for his ability. He literally said, I will only run with the guys could run, and I'm looking forward to a challenge. By any standard, he is the most qualified OC to head coach in the NFL. I know people are going to mention Ben Johnson, but just because you're hot as has no bearing uh, on what you will do in the future as people are currently arguing with EB. My question is, why does EB not get the grace of being in his first year here? Thought-provoking, for sure. It's a question that I've thought about quite a bit, uh, and it's something that before the season, I kind of went on the EB rant. Like, it's ridiculous that this man has to come here and quote-unquote prove himself. But I've now seen it for a year up close without Patrick Mahomes, and... I some of my thoughts on him have changed and Raymond Smith 2040 says so he was calling the offense in KC before or not I'm confused either way that's not the point Craig or anybody else who's actually thinking about this critically is saying his offensive philosophy is the complete opposite of how you're supposed to treat a first year starting QB if Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy were in Sam's situation they'd be struggling just as much as him why? Because EB's philosophy doesn't help a young QB and by extension doesn't lead to winning games. I just hope EB hasn't completely ruined the kid. And I thank Raymond Smith a lot for making a point that I should have made a long time ago for clarity, which is if Jalen Hurts had been the commander's quarterback this year, Jalen Hurts never wins an MVP. Jalen Hurts doesn't do that much differently, frankly, than Sam Howell has done this year. Now, do I think Jalen Hurts is a better player? Yes, Jalen was a second-round pick for a reason, a Heisman Trophy winner for a reason, and Sam is Sam. Very talented, um, potentially still a very good quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to win an MVP. So the ceiling was there with Jalen in a way that it's not for Sam. But I do think that when you're talking about the way that Jalen was able to work into the league and figure some things out as a young player, he was buttressed by a great offensive line, Great skill position, guys. Great scheme that was very quarterback friendly. Played to his strengths. He ran, you know, he's a, a great runner that they use that skill set of his. All of that stuff helps him not be as leveraged as Sam Howell has been. Brock Purdy is in the perfect situation. They asked Brock to do a lot, but it's a lot that he's capable of. Sam is being asked to do stuff he's not capable of. And Eric's kind of philosophy is like, this is how it goes. You got to have more more ways to do it. You got to find ways to figure out what your quarterback does well, what he doesn't, and bring him along so that list of things that he doesn't shrinks. And unfortunately, it just hasn't happened this year. And I think a different philosophy designed around deleveraging the quarterback and around making sure that your best players get the football that would have been a better strategy. And it's, for instance, what they do in Detroit with Ben Johnson. Amon Ross St. Brown gets the ball all the time. Jameer Gibbs was drafted, and it was a good pick by them, even though he was overdrafted, because they get him the ball, and they make it worth it. Meanwhile, you got Terry making a bunch of money. Jahan is a first-rounder. Silent all year. So it's not that EB's terrible. He's interviewed for a lot of jobs. Do I think a lot of that was BS? people needed to interview a, a minority candidate to satisfy the Rooney rule. 
and they yanked EB around? Yeah, I do. But there's a lot of jobs where I he went in with a legitimate shot, and for whatever reason, owners were like, no. And some of those might have been, you know, reasons that had nothing to do with football that were ridiculous. Some of them might have been like, I don't know. I don't know if this guy's got the flexibility to be a head coach. And that, to me, is the biggest question about Eric moving forward is like, do you have the flexibility to work in different situations when you're the guy? Because, yes, he was great in Kansas City, but Andy Reid has a lot to do with that. That was a good marriage. It was a good uh, complementary personalities. And it, what the philosophy that Eric has taken to under Andy works with Patrick Mahomes. But can you apply that other places? Or can you find a place where that applies? That's the key for Eric and his success in the future. We'll see. Big giant. We'll see. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. That is never read the comments. Make sure you leave yours at Craig Hoffman at the Team 980. Or if we occasionally also check. Uh, I mean, I definitely check with regularity. Sometimes we even read them, though. Some of the comments at 106.7 The Fan on the full episodes of Take Command. We get back here on the Hoffman Show. We get back to the Wizards move out of D.C. Martenzi Johnson of Anscape wrote a piece reported uh, from Capital One Arena and talked to a bunch of folks who go to games that don't want to go in Virginia for a variety of reasons. We'll dive into those reasons and why he embarked on this reporting next. The Hoffman Show, the Team 980, always live on YouTube at the Team 980 and streaming on the free Odyssey app.